So it should be recording. You should be having should have everything like in sync right now. This is the first time I'm using Skype to record with anyone. So this is kind of like a trial run. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of figuring things out as we're recording here. If anything goes wrong, um, I hope it didn't take too long to figure out how to use Skype. Just because I know no one uses this this anymore. <laughs> I have not used this since 2016. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the, it's the only app that I could find where it was like really easy to record the video and audio at the same time and like really didn't have to worry about it too much. So it just gotcha. made it easier. All right. All right, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, first thing I'm going to be asking you is uh, education-based questions. Um, All right. I remember seeing a post on your Instagram, and I actually wanted to ask you about this, never did, um, where you graduated uh, and you got a bachelor's of science and I think business management, if I'm correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to go into uh, kind of you know what pushed you to get, go to college and like finish your degree and all of that stuff, because um, you know realistically that's not where you're thriving or you know that's not oh, yeah. where you're going towards. <laughs> I know, yeah, <laughs> not at all. Um, well, um, I didn't really know that I was gonna do like the whole personal training thing until like eighteen years old or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, I was. Okay, so let me like backtrack a little bit. Right, there we I go. That's good. <laughs> I started I started uh, college when I was like 16 years old. Okay. Um so like I went to business because I I knew I wanted to do something in the business world. Right. Um but um then the fitness thing, I was I mean, I was already working out by then, but you know, I working out is different than having a career. So yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't think I was going to make a career out of it. So uh, business was just like my first thought. And then uh, I had the opportunity because my parents were helping me pay for school. Mm-hmm. So uh, luckily I'm, I have no debt. <laughs> Thank God. That's, that's no, that's honestly uh, that's very good. I actually had a conversation, the last person I talked with, we're talking about like school debt. And most mm-hmm. students now coming out of an undergraduate are like $40,000, $50,000 worth of debt. I'm coming out of college with around $30,000 worth of debt on top of my parents paying 30000 So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's bad. But yeah, uh, keep yeah. going. Yeah, I mean, I got really lucky. So, um, I mean, that's why I finished school because I would have been an idiot if I didn't take that opportunity. You know, like right. if uh, if I didn't go to school, having someone paying for it, like so, uh, I I pushed through it. I towards the end of I kind of wanted to stop to be honest because I became a personal <laughs> trainer. Like yeah, towards the end of senior year, and I remember I I actually failed a class for the first time last semester of uh of college Mm -hmm. so i didn't graduate with the with the class that i was supposed to graduate and i graduated the semester after and i actually had to take one class for that one semester so yeah i mean but i mean i i I mean realistically i mean a lot of students that i know now they're graduating uh from college within it takes five years for most students um five years has become like the average for undergraduate degrees now um especially if you're doing something like stem Oh, you're taking like computer science, <laughs> math, biology, all that stuff. It just takes yeah. a lot of time. Uh, sometimes they don't get into the classes, whatever it may be. I actually started taking, um, since I started, my mentality was always to finish as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I don't know how it is for like all schools, but the school that I went to, um, they give you the opportunity to take like an extra class okay. at no cost. So like, like during the semesters? Yeah. Okay. And it was like, it was no cost. It was like, the hell why not um so i was doing so if five classes was the average in order to graduate in four years Mm -hmm. i was doing six classes for like the first what three 
four semesters or so. Okay. Um, so you're just so like that kind of them out. Yeah, exactly. So I was actually supposed to graduate a semester earlier, but then I kind of failed that last class. So for me, like I actually finished on time, but because uh, I was technically earlier. Um, okay. So, yeah. so you, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. So you just had to take that one mm-hmm. class, and that was to graduate on time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, graduating on time, honestly, now that's pretty impressive as it is. So it's good that you have the degree. Um, just a quick question on on. You said you started at sixteen, right? Yeah. So how did you start college at such an early age? Like, like what allowed well, you to do that? Okay, let me backtrack even more. Um, <laughs> so I am originally from Ecuador. I was I was born there, okay. and um, I don't know if it was the the school that I went to that that did this in particular. But um, I used to be uh, a little crazy when I was little, and um, <laughs> I, I had two options. Um, so my entire family uh, puts their um, like their kids in like a bilingual school, so they uh-huh. like learn English and Spanish. So Spanish is my first language. Uh-huh. Um, I learned English when I was like eleven onwards. Oh really? So uh, yeah. Oh okay. Um, so when when I was like three years old. My parents, instead of putting me in that bilingual school, they put me in the military school. Okay. So I was, um, and I was three years old. Uh, oh, so yeah. Wow, that's that, wait. So okay, this is like this is way further behind <laughs> like where I, where I wanted to be. But that's really cool. That's uh, that's uh, at three years old. They have a program that's meant for kids to get into like a, like a military program. Yeah, this was like back in Ecuador, and so I don't really remember to be honest. Okay, okay, but. Um, yeah, I was in um, military school until like the sixth grade. Then I, I, I went to a different school. So I went to like five, six different schools. Um, but then once I, I came here to the U.S. when I was like 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finished eighth grade here. Then I went to uh, high school. I was like 12. And then I graduated at 16, went to college straight away. So. Oh, that's really interesting. There's another, yeah. another question on the military school thing because that one's like, just like boggling my mind. <laughs> it's just like, so like, what does that program entail? Like for a three-year-old, what does a three-year-old do in military programs? I mean, it's not like you're gonna like. I mean, don't think of the military for a three-year-old. No, no, yeah, yeah. It, but <laughs> it's just like, like <laughs> the fact that it's meant, like it's ta- it's obviously like tailored to a specific outcome. Like I'm wondering, like, mm-hmm. like what the outcome for that is. It's just like. Like, do you get an education while you're doing it, or is it? You know... Oh no, yeah, yeah, of course. So it's like regular school, but okay. um, their end goal was for you to like join the navy. It was a, uh, it was navy related. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't like the average school where you come in straight to the classroom. I remember that as soon as you came in, you would have to do like a little um, meeting with everyone, and mm-hmm. you stand in formations. Okay. Like each class would stand like a. So this would happen in the think of the so it was like a giant school right um so like a they had like type of situation almost where it's just like everyone's kind of like roll call type thing not even think of uh in the um i guess here in the u.s it would it would be like in the in the gym mm-hmm. like you know like a basketball gym but this would happen outside it was like a massive okay. school okay okay so um and uh every all the classes i'm talking about like from first grade all the way to like um seventh grade mm-hmm. so in in Ecuador is a little bit different than here. So um, junior high school is like first grade to like eighth grade, right? Okay. Yeah, in Ecuador is from. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then in Ecuador is first grade till seventh grade. Okay. So high school over there is eighth grade until twelfth. Okay. 
So five yeah. years instead of the four. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, so um, all, all seven grades, each class um, would be outside standing doing the, the whole uh, national anthem mm-hmm. for Ecuador. Okay. And uh, that, that's just a few differences. And then uh, what else? Maybe you, that's everyone where... would wear. Sorry, sorry, cut you off. That maybe maybe that's where um you got your discipline from, like really early on. I that's, I that's agree, possible. yeah. Because <laughs> my parents would tell me stories, man. Like, um, I remember my uh, my aunt or my my mom, I think it was. They told me that I okay. So there was like a school like bully, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I would charge the kids that were getting bullied like a quarter. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I can like protect them from the like bully. And um, because they were taking their lunch or something like that, and I would get into a lot of fights when I was little. So it's an early that's early business they... mentality, right there. <laughs> I, I mean, the business aspect was always there because my family they have um, they have like a family business with like um, party clothes and like tuxedos and like dress clothes. So that like I was oh, I always grew up in that okay, environment. That kind of environment, right? So like, and then as far as the fitness goes, I mean. Just got into it later on, right? So, so you went into college. So you started at sixteen. So that means by the time you were twenty, you had graduated from from a bachelor's degree, right? I graduated at I think twenty or twenty. Oh, like nineteen or twenty. Twenty. Yeah, around there. So when did when did you originally start getting into uh, you know being a personal trainer or like like when you were in school? Did you ever feel passionate about school or was it like as soon as you were in school you kind of felt like this doesn't really click to me? Like though I like business, exactly. like this isn't for me. Exactly, that was the the one. Um, so like, it was honestly, it was the all the essays and like the, the research papers and like, I I liked the, the the business classes because they did teach about like, um, like management and like how to deal with people and like, like in, like real world applications. Right. But then like, when it came to like researching and like doing uh papers and essays and like that that for me was like I, i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm good I, yeah also, also you gotta take into consideration i mean you, you said you didn't learn english until you were around 11 years old and it's like it's, I mean, it's your second language i mean true but like i mean at this point it's like second nature now That's but true. um um it's just I'm, I'm not a big fan of like typing and like if I have to write more than like three, four hundred words with something, I'm like scratching my head already, <laughs> and like my attention span has gone from like here to like. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the the personal training I started when I was eighteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was just training friends, um, and then uh, I started charging a few people here and there because. I just kept getting asked too many questions, and I'm like, you know, if if I'm gonna help you out, like at least give me something. Right. Um, and so then I started. Work- before yeah. you even got into personal training, when did you originally get into to working out and uh, actually like, getting into fitness and nutrition and all that stuff? Because before you could be a trainer, like and like help these people, you had to get into like teaching it to yourself and you know being someone who lives that life. Yeah, true. Um, so when I when I came to the U.S., I was like 11, right, and um, between that period of time when I came here, between 11 and 12, I got really, really chubby. Like, I don't, I was like, just put it this way, I was 150 pounds, and I was like 4'11". Oh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's not good. Um, really? You were, you were 4'11"? 
okay. So I mean, took, you, when uh, I was like 11, 12. Okay. Um, oh, okay, okay. And then the doctor just told me that I had like high cholesterol, high triglycerides, and um, that sort of kind of woke up my family. And uh, we started working, well, I started working with a nutritionist at that point. And um, I sort of learned a little bit about uh, nutrition. And this was like when I was really young, like 12. Uh, and then I lost some weight. I never worked out up to that point, actually. I didn't get into the actual workout part until I was like 15. I got really lucky. <laughs> so uh, my mom at the time was working with, um, she was working at a daycare. And um, the owners of the daycare kind of saw me and then their kid was in a boxing um, class, in a boxing gym class, right? It's actually like, I, I still live in the same house. Right. Um, and it's like a, a block away from here. And um, they, they signed me up. Like they literally paid for for the gym itself. And I was like 15. And uh, that's when I, <laughs> when I, like, I really learned about fitness. Because um, I don't know if you've ever done boxing, but or I don't know if it's like this this gym in particular that they just kick my ass. <laughs> uh, so I learned high intensity as soon as I started working out. And um, I dropped... I got in really good shape. Like I, I was able to run more. I was able to do like maybe like one or two push-ups here and there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I think the turning point was um, as as I was turning like sixteen around there. My aunt gave me a computer, uh, this Mac right here. It's like from like twenty eleven. I still have it. <laughs> um, and then I I downloaded. Um, was it Insanity or P90X? I think it was Insanity first. Okay. So I, I started with like at-home stuff, like at-home workouts, like a lot of body weight stuff, uh, a lot of cardio. So I got really, really skinny um, when I was like 16. Mm -hmm. And um, then I did P90X. I got a little stronger. I was able to do more push-ups, more pull-ups by then. And then uh, turning 18, 17, 18, um, I got into the gym. And that's – I. And ever since I started the gym, I kind of just kept that on. I like bodybuilding, so. Right. That's actually really interesting. Your story is actually really similar to mine. Um, really? We're going to it really quick. Is uh, Do you know the dojo on Jamaica Avenue and like 114th Street? Um, <laughs> uh, 114, 114. I think so. It's um, it's a small dojo. It's, uh, I forgot what, it, what the name was. It was like a, crap, I'm blanking on the name. But anyways, I started, I think, uh, my sophomore year of high school mm -hmm. because uh, I had gotten robbed. And then, Whoa. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a different. I, I've probably said this story many times, but it's just it's just something that happened. And then I was like, oh, like I hated that feeling of like being weak and like like I couldn't do anything. And then I told my mom, I was like, I want to go and you know learn a little bit about fighting or whatever it may be. So I went there for a couple months. They kicked my ass. Like you know, I was doing interval training. I was doing all of, all of these um like uh different types of, of moves, uh, jujitsu, karate, judo. Like they mm -hmm. covered everything. And um, it was like an hour of like heavy interval training. But you know, I couldn't sustain that for too long because it was expensive. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing insanity at home. Uh, I really? Yeah, I started downloading uh, <laughs> the the entire like packet, uh, like the was it like ten ten different videos? Yeah, and, something like that. And I would do them at home. Um, and same thing, like that's how I had lost weight because I was chubby until I, th I th until junior year. I was uh, it's like five five. I'd say like one forty five, one fifty ish. Which is which is kind of crazy because like I'm still 150 something now and I'm like 5'11". I lost a lot of weight recently, but anyways, um, 
so I started doing Insanity, and then I started going to the gym after that uh, because I was like, oh, like I got too skinny, like I want to gain muscle mass now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really interesting. It's like very similar stories. So uh, what was the first gym that you started working out at? Um, it was Richie's actually. So I've been going okay. to this gym since I started actually. So yeah, it's been like what seven years now. Damn, no. that's awesome. Six years, yeah, something like that. Okay, so you started personal training people like on your own time, which is yeah. also also very similar to what I said. Because uh, when I started uh, working out, it was my junior and senior year of uh, high school, where it was like people mm-hmm. were like noticing that I was I was gaining a little bit of muscle mass, knew what I was doing. And I started like helping my friends when they came to the gym. That's how mm-hmm. I got into personal training. Um, so really, really similar. And um, I th- it wasn't until college that I actually like went out of my way to get a, a job uh, in personal training because I'm always broke. Like as a college student, you're always broke. So I was like, all right, this is like a nice way to make some make some money, make some money. Um, so for me, it was more for like the financial reasons, and then mm-hmm. also because like I could help someone on top of that. So like, when did you make the decision that you know? This is lucrative enough, lucrative enough for me to make it my viable career path on the side. Um, it was uh, about a year ish ago. Uh, so I was what? When did I start working for Crunch? I think it was twenty twenty one around there. I started working. So I was when when I was like twenty, when I was about to graduate high school. I was like, you know, I need to be in this environment because. I thought about competing ever since I was like 18. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I started weightlifting, all those like motivational videos, uh, men's physique was just coming out at the time. Right. And um, I was like, it, because at, at that point it was either just bodybuilding, you're, you were either huge um, or nothing at all. So like men's physique kind of came into play and it was like a, like a very achievable look. Um, so I was like, damn. I, like I can I can do that mm-hmm. um, so I started training since I was like from that time from like 18 for pure weights like the main goal was just to grow um, then um, when I was like 20 about to graduate high school I was like I need to be in that environment like if, if I want to take this to that I, I was already thinking about um, like getting to the Olympia since I was like 18 <laughs> and um, I was like if I want to get there like I need to be in this environment. So I, I started applying for for um, a job at a gym, at any gym. Like mm-hmm. I think I applied to like I applied to every gym, uh, New York <laughs> Sports Club, Gold's Gym, I think. Um, yeah, and then Crunch um, was opening a location in Brooklyn, so I started it as uh, started there as a front desk. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I was already doing training on the side, um, so like. When they told me that they had a location around my house, the, the Queens, um, I just like switched over here, and and here's where I became a trainer, mm-hmm. and then like it just went from there. Um, as I kept getting more and more clients, uh, I realized that like, I mean, I, nothing. I don't want to say anything bad about Crunch, but like, gyms in general, they they just take such a big percentage out of what the client pays. Um, so I was just looking for a way to um, – I didn't want to overcharge clients. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of, like, clients having to pay, like, $100 a session. Right. Like, like That's outrageous. Um, that's, that's too much. But it, for a lot of people, like, even, you know, those who are relatively successful, it's like that's so much money to see that progress. Like, yeah, I want to see change, but, you know, I, you know, at what cost? I can't really afford it if it's that much. So my mentality is that 
what gets results it's the consistency um i mean i can charge a hundred dollars a session but that may make someone instead of me seeing them four times a week bring it down to maybe once a week just because it's a lot of money um and what's going to work better me seeing them once or four times a week mm-hmm. um so yeah um that that was kind of my mentality and then i just didn't like that the gym took such a big percentage out of you know what the client paid so i just uh, i found a gym that um i can train him without having that fee and um majority of the profits go to me so um to put it this way i was working a third less making double to like triple what i was making working for a for crunch for like oh, a big box wow. gym that's a huge difference so exactly uh, a big question would be so because i wanted to do personal training on the side too um mm-hmm. for those of who are those the people who oh my god i can't talk sometimes for those of who, <laughs> you who are listening um and like know me like they probably know like I, i've worked at crunch my uh sophomore year uh summer and that's when i had originally met you um yeah. i was thinking like after that summer i was like i, I want to start my own business on the side um a big aspect that kind of deterred me from starting that would be like insurance liability um you know working out at a, a private i mean i'm sorry a public gym you know a corporate gym and them being okay with you doing that so like how did how did you kind of get a, get away from not get away with but like you know get the okay to be able to do that at, at this gym uh well in this gym they don't really tell you anything okay. which uh oh, thank god um so that that's why i i did that like that's why i was able to um you know get some of the clients that i already had transfer over mm-hmm. um they were paying the same so um and if you do personal training like you'll know like your clients once you once you get a good client like they don't want to train with anyone else but yeah, you like so um so that's kind of what happened and um i just brought them over and then as far as like insurance uh, you'd be surprised it's really not that expensive really? um yeah like oh. um, private training insurance it's like 15 bucks a month or oh, so man. you're i thought you're covered more than that. and you're covered for like up to half a mil a mil or so oh wow Okay, so I should probably should have looked more into it. Maybe I would have done something more on that end. Um, the tricky thing is just finding that one spot. Um, I mean, another route that I was thinking was like renting out a uh, like a fitness studio or something like that. But um, I, I I just didn't have uh, well one one of that like I can't do that. But at the same time, I don't know about the equipment like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have the same equipment that I have access to now. Um, the renting, meaning I would have to get more clients as well. So it, that would kind of put me back into uh, what I was doing before. So um, it was like, I, I just got really lucky, to be honest, <laughs> to be able to find this spot. But there's other gyms out there that do charge a, a fee. For example, like um, uh, they will charge maybe 20 bucks per client that you train. So that's another option. Um, so you, you don't have to like work for them in particular. You just like sort of like pay your rent and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a few options out there. All right. So is Richie gym more of like an old school type of gym? Very old school. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So my next line of questioning is going to go into competing because mm-hmm. you recently had your competition at the, at the yeah. Arnold, but I think mm-hmm. that was your third competition, right? Uh, fifth. Fifth competition. Okay, I was off by yeah. two. Um, more <laughs> research. Um, so, 
Because I remember your your first competition, the tanning was was a big issue. I think, right? Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, so God. when when was your first competition? And you you'd said that you wanted to get into competing, you know, going to the Olympia, you know, doing mm-hmm. bodybuilding pretty early on. So when yeah. were you actually confident enough and you know willing to go into a, a real competition? So um, it was I I was what twenty one. Was I? I was 20, 20, 20 uh, turning 21. So, like, the I, I, my first competition was, like, two months before my birthday or something like that, before I turned 21. Um, honestly, I I was saving up ever since I was, like, 18. I was, like, you know, I if, I, if I'm going to get there and, to like, save up some money and work with someone. Um, so I was, I was sort of, like, in the back of my mind. I was – I knew kind of what I had to do, like, I, I knew I wasn't going to do this by myself um, just because, like, I mean, think of, um, like, all athletes, they all work with a coach. Like, mm-hmm. there is no, like... Someone holds you liable. Exactly. And plus, I didn't really know what I was doing. So, like, how do I get ready for a competition? Like, I don't know how to pose. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. the, the diet that I, I've never gotten that lean. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and to this day, I'm like, thank God I, I hired a coach. Um, so I saved up enough so I can hire someone for a whole year, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it comes out cheaper. With I, I work with someone. Uh, his name is uh, Chris Villa. Yeah, um, I was about to mention him. Yeah. Is it, um, did you start working with him since your first competition? Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, how, how long has it been since you, you've you know been on the Villa team? Uh, it's almost two years. Okay. Yeah. Like a few more months is gonna be like two years, um, and then honestly, I was just like, screw it. Like at that point, I before I decided I went to the competition, I I kind of had the money, um, and then it was this one guy in particular. It was a crunch. Um, he was an IFBB pro. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is uh, David Pacheco, and uh, he had made it to the Olympia. He placed sixth, two thousand. 13 2014 okay. and to me that's like right like that's <laughs> that's like, like stage like you're, you're kind of like up there with the pros exactly like uh and i mean six in the world on the stage that i eventually when i get up to like any advice he gives me i'll, I'll just take it mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was uh talking to him and asking him if he knows of anyone that like that can help me out and um you know guide me through the the process he recommended chris and uh, i looked into him and he was close by, so you know what? I was like, let me just do it, and um, we started getting ready for that. And then I competed at the uh, Brooklyn Grand Prix mm-hmm. 2016 for the first time. Okay, so you've done five competitions in two years. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, you've been on it. Ish, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's been crazy. So, what was your, um, you know, body weight? The first competition versus this last one, because this last one, oh. man, you came in strong. I know you came in, <laughs> I think seventh place, right? Yeah, seventh place. Yeah. Yeah, like I know, like you know, that may seem like, oh, like, you know, what happened, but you, you were up some profe- up against some professionals, like, you, and you well, came in with a very strong physique. I'll tell you something. Backstage, man, for this last one, it just like these guys were looking like superheroes. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, man. Like it, it was an amateur show, but like these guys were. They're all wanting to become IFBB pros. Right. So I'll tell you something. They were looking like pros. Um, like you just you just don't become a pro unless you, you kind of look like one already. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, my first show, I stepped on at <laughs> 153 pounds, I think it was. Oh, wow. That's and a this, huge difference. This last one was one, 176. I weighed like two day, two or three days before the actual show. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I probably went down even more. I just didn't have a scale to weigh myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll say my stage weight was 176. Okay, so you gained like a solid yeah. to over 20 pounds of, of lean mass. Yeah, man. Mass <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been trying like crazy. <laughs> right. So uh, a big thing that I actually I, I'm not sure about and I would like to get explained is like the difference in levels of bodybuilding. As I know, like you do the amateur competitions and then you have to get a card for the IFBB and then like you can you know, you know like, you slowly work your way up the ranks. So it's like I'm not sure uh, how the system itself works. Yeah. So um, I I compete in, in men's physique. So bodybuilding uh, for for men, uh, mm-hmm. it's broken down into three main categories. Um, you have your, your bodybuilding, um, and then bodybuilding is split up in like more like heavy lightweight, but for now, let's give the, the main three are bodybuilding, which is the, the guys with the, the little trunks, right. the ones where right. we can actually see their glutes. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second one is a classic physique, um, it's uh, very recent, came out just about two years ago now. Um, they wear like the shorts, like, like briefs. Right, the no, not the board shorts, the, okay. like boxer briefs. So like you okay, can still okay, see okay. their legs. And then there's a men's physique, the the board shorts, okay. which is the ones that I is the, the ones that I compete in. Right. Um, and then to become like if the goal is to be at the Olympia, you, you start off by doing uh, national qualifiers, which is um, uh, there's there's a few around uh, the country. Um, anyone can compete in these shows. You you sign up and uh, if you place top two in your class um you become nationally qualified and then um once you become nationally qualified you do a national show once you in that national show some are different um some you have to place top two in each class to become a pro Mm -hmm. or um or if you do a national show like the one i did the arnold amateur you kind of have to win the overall for that so you have to win first place in your class and then compete with all the other first places and then mm. win that. And that's the overall. Then once you have your IFBB Pro card, um, you go. I don't quite understand the point system that they have now because they just changed it this year. Um, but uh, you have to compete in a few shows. And uh, the higher you place, the more points you get. Um, then you get qualified to, to be at the Olympia. Okay. And, yeah. So which competition was the one that you got in the uh, the overall first place? That wasn't the Broken Grand Prix because that was the first one, right? Uh, well, I competed again. I came back for redemption <laughs> <laughs> the the year after, and um, I that was a national qualifier. Okay. Um, so my thinking was I didn't want to do a national show because technically I was already nationally qualified after my my second competition um, because I placed well at that time it was uh, top three get to be nationally qualified so uh, but I didn't think that um, my mentality was if you can't win an overall you have no business going for a national right. show just because you're, you're competing against like best in the country over here um, so after I won the overall on my last show I decided to do this national show just mm-hmm. because I had that confidence now um, the Brooklyn Grand Prix my class were like 17 people and um that that was the biggest class I've ever been in. 
and winning that just gave me that confidence to you know aim for that right. next step. take the next step yeah i mean now you're gonna come back for redemption at the the national level now <laughs> you know we're gonna uh, see a rerun of that brooklyn grand prix this time well i'm not doing the grand prix anymore um just because it's um i, I need to focus on just growing now mm-hmm. and um uh not so much necessarily growing per se but i one of one of the things that i i know i i kind of um need for my next show is i do need to uh come in more condition like okay. i and to come in leaner and um just more detail um slightly bigger but not like 185 is my goal just because guys like other men's physique pros, they're stepping on stage at like 185, 190-ish. Right. So like if they're, for example, the, the current uh, Mr. Olympia, um, Jeremy Buendia, he's, uh, he stepped on stage at 185, and he's like two inches shorter than me. Mm-hmm. Really? He looks a lot taller. He looks like he's like six foot, six one uh, in like his Instagram what? photo. I don't know. No, I, don't, I haven't seen him next to other people. He's, he's <laughs> he super offended. short. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. No, I mean he's like um I mean I don't want to say Filipinos are short but like he's Filipino. No, no, uh, my my old roommate is Filipino and they're <laughs> not short but like relatively like average height is like five seven, five eight ish. So yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Um so he's like he's like this tall and he has a waist like this small. Yeah, yeah. With shoulders like this big. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean and that's one eighty five just to I mean Weight doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna win, but it's just to like give you like an estimate of how much I have to improve. Right. Um, right. A general so, idea, yeah. like a blueprint schematic of like where you should kind of be. Exactly. Yeah. So the yeah. the next line of questioning for me, and this is gonna be like a lot, so you could take a like a breath, <laughs> is yeah. uh, your diet on and off season versus your training on and off season, and kind of like how they change over time. Because I know when you were training for uh, this last competition. Like, you were doing a lot of days of, like, two on a day. Oh, yeah. You were alternating <laughs> with heavy and light working out. Uh, you were, yeah. you know, going to therapy constantly, um, which yeah. we're also – I just also want to straight into that for a little bit is, like, <laughs> yeah, working with injuries and such because I know you had a knee injury, like, when we were working together. Yeah, yeah. You've gotten a lot better with that, too. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll go that in a, little, in a little bit. We'll go into that. But uh, so, so dieting and training on and off season and kind of, you know, the difference between it, you know, calorie intake, working out, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would like to say I'm um, <laughs> um, organized when it comes to that stuff, but I'm really not. Um, I, I do have a coach that you know um, he works by by meals, so it's not like he gives me a certain amount of macros. Um, although we've done that before, but for the most part, it's it's a meals and um, off season is usually about six meals a day, uh, a post workout shake. So that that's like seven, I guess, and um, like a weekly cheat meal, mm-hmm. um, and then as far as the macros go, it, it it's never the same. Um, it has been going up little by little. So like I like a year and a half ago, I was uh, like off season like bulking mm-hmm. on like twenty six hundred calories. Um, at, at, a few few months ago, I was now at three thousand calories, so um, it's not really. Um, it, it's always changing. Um, I am not. 
the the best at eating the same stuff every single day. <laughs> I like my donuts and my rice. <laughs> uh, unless it's like competition, like if 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 it's for a contest, that's when I sort of get my, my head straight and mm-hmm. I will eat the same stuff every single day. But uh, off season, to me, it's just as long as I don't get too fat. Like if I start like if I see a belly, then mm-hmm. I know I'm overdoing it. Uh, and then I'll sort of tone down all the eating out and like the donuts and stuff. But um, I, I'm not that like, um, like I'm not counting macros every single day. Um, I, I'm I try to be a little bit more intuitive when it comes to that, and um, I try to have a lot more variety, just because I, I think it's healthier. Uh, I do focus on on always always getting enough protein. So every meal I do have. Um, so that, that's what I do. I take it meal by meal. Uh, every meal needs to have like 30 to 50 grams of protein, just about, um, because I'm not, for the most part, I'm not measuring every single meal out. Mm-hmm. Um, it does need to have some sort of carbs. Um, and if it has too much carbs, then less fat, or if it has more fat, then less carbs. So it's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, five, six meals a day. I try to stick with that. And then I see the scale and how I look. If what I'm eating is making me fatter, <laughs> I turn it down. Mm-hmm. If uh, if I see that what I'm eating is making me uh, slimmer and I'm dropping body weight, then I need to up it up a little bit. Okay. So, um, for the most part, I I, I try I, I don't get fat on the off season. Like, I don't uh, like for example, this is probably the the heaviest I've ever been, and but but that's a rebound. Um, okay. And usually, I usually stabilize like in like a week or two after the show. Um, I'm slowly getting back to it. <laughs> and then when it comes to the um, the actual show, it it that's when I, I like dial in, and uh, it's pretty similar. Um, for the the actual protein, it's usually about six ounces, six to eight ounces of a protein uh, every single meal. So uh, whether that's egg whites. Uh, chicken breast, uh, steak, like sirloin, uh, I'm sorry, not sirloin, uh, flank steak, mm-hmm. uh, salmon, mm-hmm. tilapia. Um, then um, for carbs, usually about six ounces as well. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of jasmine rice, red potatoes. Those digest well with me. Um, and then some sort of uh, greens like asparagus, um, uh, mix mixed veggies, you know, like the ones mm-hmm. that you buy the at the grocery store, and and then, yeah, um, and then it, every prep is also different. So, for example, at the beginning of the prep, uh, my first three or four meals will have carbs, and then my last meal won't. Then, as I get deeper into the prep, it may be the first three meals with carbs, the last two won't have uh, carbs. Um, Why in particular carbs first versus carbs later? So um, when the carbs are in, in the beginning of the day, um, your body will be able to to digest it better. And I, I usually work out in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So if I can surround my carbs around the, 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 my workout time, that's best. Um, your body will use it as fuel and um, you won't really retain uh, much body fat. Or um, th- this is where I, I also get a little bit uh, conflicted with myself because mm-hmm. – I, I'm a big believer in, in actual science and bro science. <laughs> uh, so like in, in actual science, like 
yeah, there are studies that say that even if you eat at night, you won't gain body fat. But in bro science, it's kind of like if you eat carbs after 6 p.m., you will kind of gain body fat. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you will gain body fat if you eat after 6 p.m., but if you ever get very lean, you'll start seeing things like you wake up more bloated, mm-hmm. the, the more carbs you eat towards the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, or the better it will get digested if you eat it earlier in the day. So for me, it's not so much about whether I'm gaining body fat or not. It's whether am I gl- getting bloated and um, what foods uh, prevent me from being bloated, what foods digest better, mm-hmm. just so I can manipulate that towards the end. So like the most important part is going to be like the day of the show. So if I eat certain carbs that make me bloated, I'm going to I won't be able to like flex on stage or it's going to affect the way I look on stage. Um, so I like to keep my carbs earlier in the day just so I can manipulate and do the exact same thing right before the show so I know that that's how I'm going to look. So um and then that goes all out the window after the show. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. so next thing would be working out, uh, off season versus on season. Um, I know like during the end, towards the end of your competition prep for this one in particular, you started you know having to tone it down with the workouts two a days. Uh, you started getting low on energy and stuff, and you know oh, it's inevitable yeah. when you start doing less calories, really cutting out uh, you know carbs and just really lowering your caloric intake. Um, yeah. So, you know. Uh, on season versus off season, like what are the kind of you know in summary, like what you do for working out? Because if we really went into it, it'd probably take a, take a while. <laughs> so um, for the most part, I, I try not to change anything. Um, like I like working out heavy, and I also like working out with moderate weights, just uh, really slowing things down and contracting every fiber I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to do that when you have no energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at one point, so the reason why I was doing two a days was more of a, I was more experimenting more than anything else. So after the Brooklyn Grand Prix, um, what was it? Not a few months ago now. Um, I swore I would never get on another treadmill or like cardio machine <laughs> for a few weeks. And I was like, well, if I don't do cardio, then I'm, I might rebound really bad. So what was the other option? I was going to work out twice a day. Um, that lasted like four weeks. And um, I, I think I found out what overtraining means. <laughs> I was uh, I was experimenting. I, I wanted to see like like everyone talks about like overtraining and and is it real? Is it actually real? I mean, it is an actual thing. It is like proven. Yeah. 100%. But uh, I but it's 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 one thing to hear someone else say that. Yeah, or look at all the studies and all the research. And it's another thing to actually experience it. Right. <laughs> um. So I wanted to experience it, and yeah, I, I learned my lesson. No, no more, <laughs> no more two a days. Um, uh, what I was doing is, well, when it comes to my training, I, I'm always like experimenting with things. Uh, I was following a push pull legs, okay. And then I want right after that competition, I was doing push pull legs. Morning, I was doing chest for push, um, and then evening, I was also doing chest for push. I was just varying the exercises. <laughs> so it was a push pull legs morning and night. Um, yeah, that, that was that was hardcore. Um, so that's why I, I didn't do any cardio. And uh, I, I'm at this point at this point now I'm 
I'm, I'm figuring out what my split is. I'm still trying to decide. Mm -hmm. But um, probably my goal now on like weaknesses a little bit more, focusing yes, on like yeah. what you kind of want to bring up. So my back is is always something I need to improve, um, and my legs. Um, I'll tell you something. I was taking like progress pictures, um, you know, for the, as I was getting into the yeah. show, and I wanted to cry every time I saw my legs, man. <laughs> it's like like this. So um, yeah, I got inspired to do legs by my own. But that's a, that's a good segue because um I think the the reason you didn't do legs for for a long period of time was because oh. your knee injury. Um, yeah, that too. So like how I mean, first of all how and when did that happen? Uh, how you dealt with it in uh, kind of like the middle phase versus uh, how you're dealing with it now and how you've gotten better with uh, uh, working out either you know with it around it or how you've remedied the situation uh, in total. Uh, the injury happened about shoot like a year ago. Um, it, it was um, a meniscus tear, like the lateral meniscus. Yeah, so yeah, okay. this is the knees, nice. right? The outside. Right. It, it wasn't like a like a crazy like tear. Uh, they told me I didn't need surgery and that um, I just needed to uh, go through rehab and um, not be an idiot <laughs> at the gym. <laughs> um, so the the reason why it happened was, um, so. At one point, I was very uh, obsessed with trying to grow my calves, so I was going really heavy on the oh, calf no. raise machine. Um, <laughs> so it didn't happen on the actual calf raise machine, but um, this one particular day, I'm talking about like really heavy, like eight plates, like on oh the calf raise. Yeah, they got really strong, but they just didn't grow. <laughs> and uh, this one day in particular, I was uh, playing around with some new movements with bands and glute activation exercises. So I remember this one in particular was the one that caused it. I was uh, sitting down on the stability ball with a band um, around my my legs, mm -hmm. so I so it created tension against it, and I would have mm -hmm. to push out my knees, right? Okay. Um, it's, it's almost like mimicking the uh, the abduction machine where you're pushing out. Yeah, your knees. yeah. And um, that that kind of that kind of caused it. I had like a little crack, and um, it was hurting, but it, I didn't think it was like like horrible. I didn't think I was mm -hmm. like like injured or something. I was like. Damn it! It's bothering me. It's like it's annoying kind of pain. Um, and then I think it was like a few days later, all I did was jump up to reach something, and that's the it tore. It, I don't think it tore, but I just heard like a slight pop. Okay. And um, and after that, I that's what made me go to the doctor to be honest, um, because it was like I was limping for like two three days, and yeah, I couldn't really do legs at all. And uh, yeah, I went through therapy. Um, I think that the main thing that helped to get rid of my knee was a mixture of taking some time off from um, from pounding my legs. Mm -hmm. um, it was a mixture of uh, changing my diet a little bit, just uh, avoiding heavy inflammatory foods, mm -hmm. adding, um, um, I guess, healthy healing foods like the superfoods right, right. like they call them um so things like uh kale um foods that have like healing properties like uh turmeric mm -hmm. the turmeric powder uh, i was i was adding that to every single meal at one point i remember um adding supplements like uh, fish oil um uh, glucosamine um what else uh vitamin d 
uh, anything you cut out sugar for the most part at that point because sugar is going uh, to be a, a pretty big inflammatory for a lot of people uh you see I w- i'm very bad at, at cutting sugar uh, like whenever i'm not competing but i did tone it down <laughs> i did tone it down for sure <laughs> um and then um, just learning as much as possible about like stretching about. So one of the th- one of the reasons why we like we hit it off so well was because I kept asking you questions <laughs> about the, the stuff for the knee. Yeah. Um, so like I was just trying to learn finding uh, good stretches or like different exercises that would help me just strengthen that area mm-hmm. because that's really what it was. It was just me. I was my VMOs were just like really weak. My my IT was my IT band was really tight. Um, I had like no knee stability uh, strength or hip stability strength. Mm-hmm. Um, my calves were really really tight, and um, just learning all those things uh, and more applying it more, right. uh, going through therapy, um, taking my sweet time getting back into legs was also another. Uh, uh, thing that helps. So it's just a combination of all those things. I think that's a really key takeaway that a lot of people need to need to understand. Because um, you know, like when we talked back back when we worked the crunch, I had mm-hmm. a lot of issues too. Like I had knee problems, I had shoulder problems. I still have some of them. And yeah. I think a big thing is a lot of people who ever have injuries at any point will try to keep working on it. It's like, oh, let me yeah. work around it. Let me find like, yeah. a substitute instead of instead of let me just stop doing this. You know, mm-hmm. let me take a lot of time off. Maybe go to therapy. Just give up for a little bit. Yeah, and I had the same problem because, like, you know, I, I had the shoulder, I had shoulder impingement, and I still have a little bit of shoulder mm. impingement. But you know, like, I, I always was just like, oh, let me just do something different. I didn't ever want to stop because you know, I'm not gonna lie, like, I was addicted to working out. So I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, let me just keep going. And you know, I, I regret that so much because now I, I really can't do anything as, as much as I used to be able to. Um, and you know, now I'm just doing yoga, I'm doing cardio, and just focusing on working on that stability, the strength, and like the the kind of inner uh, workings of the muscle rather than just like for the looks and like you know just lifting weight. No, yeah, I I agree, man. Um, I was gonna say something. I completely forgot. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, I don't know if you remember. Like even when I got back to it, I was like, um, my knees were were feeling good, and I was squatting the bar. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was just squatting the. I was doing box squats with the bar. <laughs> Uh, so like that's how like I I decided to just like you know screw any any judgment like if mm-hmm. someone tells me something like uh, you know I like uh, screw you like yeah. <laughs> um, so I was literally squatting just the bar at one point like I remember this one workout it was like a four by ten or something or but like super super slow on the box squats with just the bar <laughs> and then I slowly like I was adding like ten pounds. Um, yeah, until like eventually, I'm still not going above 225 just yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I mean, you've uh, gotten to 225. Yeah, right? like, and I think and I've the been big doing... thing is uh, like people need to kind of put their ego to the side. And, um, yeah, you know, I don't want to be that guy that says that, but you know, a lot of times it's not even like your ego; it's just the fact that like you once did it. And you know, this is this is something <laughs> that held true for me. Is like I was always just like, you know, I used to do this weight like it was nothing; it was easy, and I didn't want to give it up and be like you know and like right now i went to the gym the other day rowing or pushing 20 pounds now for me is like i like a fourth set 10 or like you know eight to ten rep range like i feel it now and you know there's a part of me that's like wow like i used to be able to push 60s but there's another part like you know i'll get back there one day i need to start from the bottom make sure everything's okay instead of focusing on where i was because i'm not there anymore 
you know. Mm-hmm. I I definitely agree with you, man. Um, so the last like few weeks, um, were like hell for me. <laughs> uh, like the last four weeks of like before the show, it was like I don't know if you know, like you noticed, like I didn't post anything for like yeah. a few weeks, yeah. and I I just got so like focused on the on the actual prep, like. Um, and like I was like breathing, eating, crapping, <laughs> bodybuilding, um, and like every single video I watched on like the stairmaster or like on my way home or like just walking around, it was about like bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned a lot of stuff in the last four weeks. Um, but one of the main things that I uh, that I learned was uh, or people that I follow that I learned from is uh, I don't know if you know who Ben Pakolsky is. No. Um, well, he, he has a podcast as well, um, and uh, he's he's a he's a bodybuilder. He's an IPB pro, and um, really he's like he made it to the Olympia. Uh, I believe he plays like top ten in the last like five years or so. Um, but yeah, he's a like, really smart dude, and his thing is perfect execution uh, on every exercise. So, um, for example, take a one arm dumbbell row. Instead mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, going really heavy, like, I, I've done, like, 150 pounds before, but um, did I really, <laughs> but did I really feel my back when I did that? Did I, uh, how did my joints affect me, mm-hmm. and how well was I able to recover for the next workout where I have to do the same exact thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, those things, like, that, that's kind of what I've really learned the last four weeks when it comes to, like, exercise and my, my own training is just slowing things down and being able to contract literally every muscle mm-hmm. that you have in your back. So, like, if I'm doing a row, like, I was dying with, like, a 50-pound dumbbell right. doing the row, and it was only for, like, eight reps. Um, but if you can, like, this is what I, I really focus on is just being able to control your body to the degree where, like, you don't think about anything else. Like, right. don't think about your breathing. Don't think about anything, but just retracting, mm-hmm. squeezing, and halfway, just start pulling with the elbows, and just at the same time you're still retracting back and down, and just keep pulling and still flexing at the same. time. Right, right. So it, really, it, like it, focusing on that mind muscle, looking, like really focus. Like you know, people yeah. say it all the time, but really focusing yeah. on it like requires all of your energy and thought process. It, exactly. And if you can do 10 reps with, let's say, 100 pounds, if you apply that principle, you'll probably bring that weight down to like maybe 40 pounds. Right. And what that does is, one, uh, you're on more time under tension. Mm-hmm. Two, you develop such a mind-to-muscle connection that it transfers over to like whenever, for bodybuilding in particular, like if you're flexing, you'll be able to control that contraction better. You'll right. be able to hold it for longer. Um, your joints are not as effective because, you know, 40 pounds is not the same as 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. So your joints are not going to take such a big hit. Right. And uh, you'll be a lot better recovered for your next workout. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely went too heavy when I was younger. Uh, and my ego was too big. And, you know, my joints definitely took a lot of that uh, that hit from that. Um but yeah, I think that's really important for people to get is that, you know, weight doesn't matter. If you use 10 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever it may be, but you're yeah. using it right, it's probably going to give you a bit way better workout than using 40, 50, you know, whatever heavy weight you think you need to need to pull or push. I agree, man. And I mean, I like going heavy too, but um, there's like a time and place. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I, I can't recover if I if I do a barbell row with 315, I won't be able to do back in two days again. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything is shot. Right. So. It makes a lot of sense. So it's more like, and this this guy's the training is, is pretty similar to the way you diet. is more like intuitive based. It's like, oh, yeah. Let me let me kind of feel how my body feels, and like have an understanding of you know what I should do based on how I am now. You know. And yeah. I think that's, that's a good application. I I usually tend to focus on the. Um, so on, on the micro rather than the macro. Mm -hmm. So um, if I can focus on every single day um, as opposed to like the big picture, like I can be doing uh, – there, there's a lot of people that can do the periodization and like have the percentages of each, each weight and have their whole workout planned out before they go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that diligent with, uh, with numbers and – I'm just that's just not me and uh, but what I do is um, I just keep a, a perspective of um, having a workout split mm -hmm. and um, sticking to that workout split um, making sure I eat enough and um, every exercise that I do I focus on one how I'm feeling if I'm feeling good um, and I didn't do really heavy uh, anything heavy for like the last two days or so then I know I can go heavy that day. Mm -hmm. um, but if I don't feel that good and I didn't go that heavy, I'll try to push or, or vice versa or you know, right. somewhere in the middle. Um, so it's, like you said, very intuitive. But I, I, I'm still um, aware of what I'm doing. Like right. I, I'm not going to be an idiot and go out of the plan. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I stick to my lane. Even if I have someone working out with me, for the most part, They'll do what I do. <laughs> I'm a little selfish that way, but uh, so it works out like somehow. You're the trainer, so it's okay. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like I'm working out with like an IPB, and I'm like oh, whatever, yeah. whatever you say. <laughs> There's yeah. levels to it. Yeah, exactly. So the last thing I want to cover now is uh. So one, you might you might take a long time to talk about this is being a foodie, uh, talking about oh. you know your love for donuts and how you got into that, and then uh, <laughs> you know build and don't stop, which is uh, you know the movement that you're you're going for, uh, kind of explaining you know, and I know a lot of your your uh, kind of influence has come from a lot of the fitness moguls that are out there now, the influencers that have impacted so many lives. Is that what pushed you to start that movement in particular? Um, mm -hmm. You know the idea behind the brand and the idea more so than you know. Uh, just the, you know, the page itself. You know, like you know what's behind it, kind of. And then, uh, what pushed you to start, you know, going for donuts all the time? Because you know that's a big, that's a big part of your Instagram page. Uh, oh yeah. Today, I saw today's post. It was uh, yeah, that, uh, was it was it um, cannoli donuts? Oh, yeah. My God, so, uh, those look so good. Oh my God! I'll tell you something. <laughs> today, um, I, I think that changed my perspective about donuts. I don't yeah, think donuts was, are my favorite anymore. It's like really, really good, man. Whoever came up with that, like, who, who who thinks of these things, man? Like a cannoli and a donut, like, it was it was really good. Um, let's say the donuts. So I've always been like a big eater, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't. I think I've gotten I got into sweets once I started competing, actually. Um, okay. Yeah. So like when I first signed up with my coach, um, he would have me he would have me eat a muffin before my back and chest days, um, like right before the workout. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, you know, I was at Dunkin' Donuts. They have muffins, but they also have donuts. <laughs> so I, I switched that muffin for a donut, and it was like, 
like you know donuts are better and they're a little bit cheaper so why not and um post show it was all out donuts uh i remember he had me eating uh even right before the show um like right before i stepped on stage while pumping up like eat a donut or two um yeah and just because it's like so many calories packed in and it's very easy to digest because like if the re- like if you ever eat a donut are you ever satisfied no. or like are it's you like, ever like you, you can eat another one exactly so yeah. that's this that's the exact feeling that you want on stage where you can flex still but you okay. have that pump and that mm-hmm. that sugar rush um so that's why we went for donuts um and then um yeah the, the com- competing kind of opened up my appetite for foods and uh, sweets really and then as far as uh building don't stop is um i realized that like when I was like, I don't early when I first got into bodybuilding, like I was, um, I never thought of it like I'm gonna step on the Olympic stage by the age I'm 20. Mm-hmm. Like I was, every time someone asked me like, when do you wanna like compete and when do you think you'll get there? I was like, uh, probably like eight, ten years from now, and they're like, what, like the hell, like, like my mindset was always, I know this is gonna take a long time, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just got to continue to improve. Like I'll take it one day at a time kind of thing. Right. Um, and the same thing as I, as I became a trainer and, and I preached it to my clients, like a lot of people come in, especially when it comes to like the personal training. Um, I want to have a six pack in 12 weeks. How many sessions do I need? Or like, <laughs> like I want to, I want to grow like 10 pounds in like two months. How do mm-hmm. I do that? So like, it doesn't happen that quick. Like, it, like I've been working out for like seven years, and I'm still like right. not where I want to be. Um, so the whole movement was to keep building and just don't stop. Like that. That's been my mindset ever since I, I got into bodybuilding. Like I've had the hashtag since I don't even remember since I think I first made the the account. Maybe. Oh wow. Um, yeah, it's been there for a while, um, and I was like um, asking friends to use the hashtag so like mm-hmm. it goes uh so like if you look at it, it does have like a I think like three thousand posts by now True. uh they were they were not all for me i'll tell you that <laughs> but um it, it was always about long-term thinking mm-hmm. um results don't come fast uh, and you need to keep pushing yourself like you gotta keep building like mm-hmm. and it's not just in fitness like anything like when it came to like my uh my education like uh i was using the same mentality like you know what i was in in college i may have failed a class but like i need to like keep pushing and like Mm -hmm. you know keep building this like education like (laughs) just keep moving forward exactly um and and that's why i kind of made made the brand (laughs) and um like at one point, I think what made me really start the the actual brand was um, when I was working for for the gym. I uh, people would always ask me to like cut up their shirts and stuff. Uh, so like uh, I was good at cutting shirts, I guess. And um, what a skill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like seriously, like it was every day someone would ask me to cut up, make their shirts into a tank top. Mm-hmm. And um, until one day, I made my own shirt like. I still have it, but uh, it's like it, it, it's like a Microsoft Word type um, font, 
mm-hmm. and um, just that build like hashtag building don't stop mm-hmm. it, and that kind of just like always stuck in the back of my mind and um, that I eventually I wanted to like make this into a brand and then recently what the past three months or so I that's when I really like started just getting into it and I was like let me I, I had the money now and like let me just like you know go through with it and um, and see what happens mm-hmm. I was just something something got to me it was um, the only thing I can think of was if it doesn't have to be perfect to be done so you just have mm-hmm. to do it even if it's not perfect learn um, you know adapt and um, make it better right like Improvise, even just overcome adapt you know exactly man. it's the same um, thing for you know and I say this all the time is like I, I recently I, I had to like poll on my on my Instagram is I have no idea what I'm doing with the, with the podcast it's just you know, once you force yourself to start, you keep going with it. Yeah. The, the momentum just pushes you forward, and you're like, you don't. There's a part of you. It's like once you start, you don't want to let it go. You know, like you're already doing this. Like you're just gonna keep going now. Um, yeah, I agree, man. Um, and then, um, well, the last like three, four weeks kind of took a toll on me. So I just like this competition really like just like drained me. Mm-hmm. I I blocked out literally everything like things from my YouTube. I started a YouTube channel. I only have two videos right. and never like updated it just because it was like even the building don't stop page. I don't think I posted in a few, um, but like, well, when it comes to the building don't stop, I actually sold out in like the first two weeks. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really happy about that, that people were actually DMing me to place an mm-hmm. order. Um, but then for the last few weeks for the prep, that kind of just like, I like it came to a stop and um but don't worry something is coming up soon. So. Hey. All right, so that's that's a good uh, way to wrap it up is uh what do you see in your upcoming future like short term or you know the next show or anything like that. And I know you just had your show but you know if you're ever thinking if you're thinking of one coming up and um you know kind of the next steps uh for you as both uh, a bodybuilder and uh you know an owner of uh, building don't stop. As far as uh me competing um, this last show just taught me a lesson. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to take a year off before I step on another stage. Um, and it's most likely going to be the Arnold as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I have like a year left to prep for that. And, um, as far as, uh, where do I see myself? I, I, right now I'm working on my social media, like, right. um, see if I can, if I can work with the company that I like. Um, get sponsored, just meet as many people as I can mm-hmm. while at the same time trying to build my own brand, building Don't Stop. And um, yeah, there's just a few things that I'm working through for that. Um, like things like uh, the uh, for the shipping, like the the, the PO box, the... Mm-hmm. Kind of like the back end of everything. The yeah, exactly. Like website and stuff. So um, that's what I'm working on right now. And then before I, I start making more uh, more shirts and uh, maybe a few other things. Um, Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so yeah, man. I mean, right now things are looking good. Um, mentally, uh, I'm a lot better. So usually, I honestly don't understand how people that like prep for shows have kids and like have okay. like businesses and it just boggles my mind, man. Like balance everything. 
Yeah, that's uh, one thing I definitely have to work on. Um, but luckily, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm good. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm just working a few things, and uh, we'll see what uh, what happens this year. The goal is to at least have the, for the build and don't stop double to triple what what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, selling out in two weeks it's a really good sign. Right. Um, so um, uh, and that's without like the back end stuff. That's mm-hmm. literally me physically taking an order, charging them through PayPal or Venmo actually, mm-hmm. QuickPay too actually. Um, so it, it was in. in if I can do that through that through those means, mm-hmm. if I have a website and um, and everything in the back end figure it out, then like I think something something good is gonna happen here. I believe so, it. I believe it. All right, I'm so excited. that's a, that's a that's a good wrap to everything. That was a great conversation. Um, for anyone who uh, listens, watches, or you know pays attention to those podcasts, I'm gonna be linking your social media in the description. Oh, um, your you, website, your Instagram, building don't stop. And um, you know, uh, you're you're hopefully if if anyone ever needs help, you know he knows what he's doing. Uh, if you see any of his posts on on Instagram, uh, like he he looked goddamn good for his last competition. So if you need help, if you <laughs> need a trainer, you. and you're in, in Queens, you're still in Queens, right? Yeah, yeah, Queens, Queens. Yeah, so if you're in Queens and you need help, uh, you know, like go go to him. Like you know, he works out at Richie's gym. And uh, other than that, uh, thank you for all the vid- the people who listen, you know, tuned in. Um, and I will catch you on the next one. I'm actually recording with a friend right after this one. So uh, oh, if there's yeah. Anything else you need to say? Uh, you know, let it out. Tell the people. Let them know. Um, well, um, I guess um, whatever you guys are doing, whether it's like your career, relationship, business, uh, fitness, just don't stop because there's like a little pebble on the road stopping you. Like there's always going to be problems. Just gotta push through them and don't stop. Just build and don't stop. All right. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.